After a decade of losing records and no playoff games, the summer of 2010 was expected to be a turning point for the New York Knicks, with a free agency class like none other. With the Knicks having a ton of cap space and some money to spend, analysts were making predictions such as the following. Cleveland Cavalier fans, Toronto Raptor fans, enjoy them while you got them. Summer 2010, New York Knicks fans, stand, cheer, and rejoice. I know right now Nate Robinson wears number four and Quentin Richardson wears number 23. Expect to see LeBron James and Chris Bosh donning those numbers that season. And of course, we know that LeBron James didn't sign with the Knicks, but instead, this happened. A top NBA free agent is headed to the Big Apple. Amari Stoudemire has agreed to join the New York Knicks. The big man's agent, Happy Walters, says it's a max contract. New York can pay Stoudemire nearly $100 million over five years. The free agent moratorium period ends later this week. That's when the Knicks said they intend to sign Stoudemire. Well, I, I just love the city of, of New York, the state of New York, and, and, and being a part of a, a great organization is, is the ultimate goal for, for a player and, and to ultimately win a championship. So we're going to do whatever it takes to, to build a team up uh, right and, and compete for, for a title. Still waiting on that title, though. Nickish Podcast, Episode 3, The Return. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nickish Podcast. This is episode three. He's Nafi. I'm Mo, and it's been one week of the NBA season. So, Nafi, man, where how you feeling? Uh, not bad. How about yourself? Pretty good. Right. Pretty good. Knicks are uh, not winning, of course. Which is a good thing, mind you. It, it's a but, very good um, thing. I mean, yeah, not to correct you uh, already, but it's been nine days technically. Just wanted to throw that out there since the season started. That's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, we we the Knicks just got killed last night in Miami. Um, was wild as we put up that game day post on our Instagram. Follow us at, at Nick underscore ish, where you put Tim Hardaway's heating up. And he had a good first quarter, and then he was asked for the rest of the game. So I, I put that squarely on on us. We, we, that, that's our bad, guys. We, we fucked that we fucked that up for him. I mean, that's typical Tim Hardaway, right? Goes on a hot streak, goes on a on a bad streak, a cold streak. Uh, but you know, back to back to back to the podcast itself, dude. We we released our first two episodes this week, and we're now on Spotify. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we're still waiting on Apple to to approve of our podcast, so you know we'll let everyone know when that happens. Yeah, Apple is being some bitches. So uh, I mean, it's not our fault; it's, it's on them. So you know, we'll let y'all know when that happens. Yeah. So right now, you guys are either listening to us on SoundCloud or Spotify. Uh, but 
yeah, man, this is this is pretty cool. People are giving us reviews. They're letting us know what they think of the episode, and you know our voices are being heard, and we're reaching out to the masses, man. We educate the masses. That's that's the first and foremost, foremost rather. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, it is dope. There, there, there's a question that, yeah, it's definitely dope that like I'm literally just sitting here talking ball with the with the dude I've been talking ball with since we was like barely out of puberty or within puberty so it's cool that like now it's like other people are listening to our conversations and just us like shooting the shit about ball but uh yeah not to cut you off what was it you saying yeah so i was gonna say we're you know it's like a wide variety of knowledge that's known from the listeners and one of the questions that was being asked by several people to me was why we want the knicks to lose so you want to take this one Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, by several, you probably mean like a couple, you know. But, uh, yeah, honestly, this is probably like a thing that's like goes to the whole theme of educating the masses, a.k.a. like the, the, the our fellow Knicks fans that are like not um, inclined, uh, you know, on, on the mental aspect of, of the basketball. You know, they're, they're stupid. Let's put it that way. But, um... Yeah, so, like, the whole thing about tanking and rooting for losses, like, it probably seems a little weird to people that don't really follow ball or just sports in general, but in the NBA, if you're not a contender, and then you should probably just, like, burn it all down and go for broke. Basically what the Sixers did, which is, like, what we what I've been trying to see on the Knicks for a minute. So, the Knicks, like, the Sixers got a lot of negative press for some reason because they were pretty deliberate in their tanking. You know, the process, a.k.a., you know, Sam Hinkie, who's not there no more, the GM, he basically had a plan that, like, he's going to get rid of all the execs, put on a shitty team for a couple years in a row, rack up the draft picks, because that's, the draft picks are the lifeblood in the NBA. That's where your stars come from. That's where your superstars come from. And guess what happened? The Sixers ended up with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and it's, to be seen with Marcel Fultz, but even if he becomes like 75% the quality of player that uh, Simmons and Embiid are, then that's a, that's a home run, right? So that's basically why teams tank and why it's a good idea. Because you need stars to thrive in the league, and we got one in KP, star in the making, you know. So we got to try to add to that, add to the talent base on our team, and rebuild. So what we said on the last pod, like, yeah, we tanked for Zion or Zion, or I don't want to mess up future Knicks Hall of Famers, Zion Williams' name. But, uh, <laughs> he, he, he's welcome to come join us and correct me. But, um, yeah, when we say, well, yeah, we're tanking for him, it's because we're trying to make sure the future of our franchise that we root for is healthy. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, there are probably fans out there that are like, nah, let's, let's win. Let's fight for an AC and just get demolished, you know what I mean, by the Raptors and Celtics. Cause that's like that's nice, you know, like to play our basketball in New York, but it's not gonna help us in the long term, you know what I mean? Because KP's out till January at least. So yeah, I mean, I know you gave it to me and I went off kinda on a little bit of a rant, but that's that's basically the argument for tanking. Yeah, you don't wanna be one of those teams that, you know, are always stuck in the middle. Uh teams yeah. like, you know, the Hawks from a few years ago with the with the Jeff T. Yeah, yeah. I mean they were they were stuck in that middle ground. Uh they had a pretty good team. They just never could make it to that upper echelon of upper echelon of other uh other squads. But I mean personally I'd be down if the Knicks could make it to the eighth C without KP. That'd be that'd be really great. 
at that point, you know, they could get, they don't have to get, I, I would love to get a lottery pick. It'd be great if they lose enough games to get it. But if they play well enough as a unit, you know, without KP to make it to the eighth seed, that's pretty, that'd be pretty remarkable. But, um, overall, you know, we'd rather get the high lottery pick because this next class is supposed to be really great. So, I'm kind of, I, I, I know I just said I'd rather be eighth seed, but now I'm kind of on the fence. But, you know, more so on the lottery pick. But, you know, have games like the way the first few games went, the first three games where they played really hard, they almost beat them, just missed, you know, just missed the, the win by, by a few points, uh, like against the Celtics. So, you know, those kinds of games I'm, I'm cool with, I'm good with. And then if that results in a guy like Zion or Barrett, then, you know, we're good. No doubt, and like just going off your comment that it would be remarkable for us to make the eighth seed. Like it would be very remarkable if fucking leading scorer Enos Cantor led us to the playoffs. That's that's more than remarkable. Like that's. You mean Ennis? That's all the above. Ennis, Enos, Penis, Dickhead, either or. Works for me. But uh, not. Nah, I mean, to just uh, that's you know, it's it's been a week of the season, so I know like one of our main things we want to discuss is like a couple of takeaways, our key takeaways so far. So let me just go on in like. Ennis on cancer. Let's just call him cancer. So he's actually surprised me. That's one, one of my key takeaways for the season so far. He's not been terrible. He's actually trying on defense. I think that goes to coaching with Fisdale there. He's actually, like, making an effort to rotate and, like, you know, help his, his teammates, you know what I mean? If they were to, like, let somebody get past them, he's actually trying to make an effort to get over there and, like, block that shot or be in the paint. But, you know, I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised. And, honestly, without KP here, we need, like, scoring. We need somebody to, that we could throw it to that can get a bucket. And this dude can do that. So, I mean, I know you you know wholeheartedly I don't fuck with this dude. I would rather not have this dude on our team. But uh, for now, he's, he's tolerable. I mean, that's one takeaway for me. But, well, what do you think? You got any other takeaways? Or what are, what are, what are the main things you've taken so far from the season? I mean, so far, one guy who's really impressed me is Noah Vonley. Um, you know, we've seen several. Se- What's that? I said yeah. I yeah, yeah. We've seen several videos of people uh, reminding us that David Fisdale and you know the coaching staff um, challenged Vonley. They let him know that his deal was non guaranteed earlier in the summer, and he'd have to get into the best shape of his life to you know make it on this squad. So he's been he's been killing it. Uh, yeah, I, I I read somewhere that he was second in the NBA in rebound percentage, right behind Drummond. I know it was only a handful of games, but you know that's something. Uh, as after three games, uh, his per thirty six was fifteen point three points on seventy percent shooting. And he's averaging twenty one rebounds and and like four blocks, but that's per thirty six only for three games. Um, but for a guy who is now, I believe, on his fourth team or third team, he was a lottery pick. They're a big host for him when he was drafted. Hasn't been living up to his expectations, but he's really stepped it up for the Knicks. And if Canner isn't someone who can sustain his level of Productivity right now. Um, if they decide to go for the tank, Vonley is a great option. Um, he's he's doing what we want. You know, he he's crashing boards. He's only six foot nine, but he's doing a lot of great things for us. So you know, Vonley stepping it up was pretty great. Um, and Trey Burke, in my opinion, uh, has been a little disappointing lately. Uh, he was one for ten again in the Miami Heat game. Um, largely, you know, he, he's been, he's been a bit disappointing. The pick and roll with Canner hasn't been working so well, uh, as we saw yesterday, but you know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on Trey Burke? 
I think it's just like I kind of had like not high expectations for for Trey Burke, you know? Like I figured he was probably our best like um, point guard on the roster in terms of like operating out of the pick and roll, you know what I mean? But that's not saying much considering that uh, like Frank's really young and Moody is good or trash. So like honestly, it just kind of solidifies my my point of view with Burke as being like the ideal six man, you know? I feel like that leads into my takeaway. It's just like at this point, Frank's been really impressive. I mean, and a lot of people will probably come at us and say, like, how is he impressive because he's not, like, getting 15 a night. But got to look beyond a box score and just, like, even just at the advanced numbers and just, like, what you see on the court. He's probably our best, like, he is the puzzle piece you could put in with any lineup on the court. You know what I mean? Like, he makes everybody better because of how multifaceted and versatile he is on defense so far. And you could tell just Frank putting on, like, like was it 10, 15 pounds of muscle and just gaining, like, an inch, becoming, like, 6'6". Six, six it's been fucking big for him because he can like now play between like guard ones twos threes and fours so i think that's been really cool and i feel like the fact that fizzdale is playing him so often now you know what i mean like there's no leash on him you know like fizzdale is a player's coach and he sees like the value that frank provides and even he mentioned at a press conference like i think right before the season started about why he didn't start knox and he started frank it's just because he said he went back he looked at the lineup data and he saw that like our best lineups consistently in terms of advanced like metrics like frank was always in those lineups you know what i mean and that's because he provides defense he provides passing so that's my takeaway is like to tie that to trey burke i think trey got to go to the bench but we just got to start frank straight up at the at the one you know what i mean because he's been really impressive so far i feel like the offense and the aggression will come and yeah i mean what, what do you think? You think anybody else has stepped up though, other than Frank? Or I mean, yeah, the guy, you know, uh, Alonzo Trier, man, Iso Zo. Uh, yesterday against Miami, he he didn't do so well, but you know, we all saw the dunk that he had in Game One. Uh, that was one of our posts for um, for our Instagram page. But you know, Alonzo Trier has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, as, you know, obviously, as a rookie, he's gonna have a little bit of an up and down, but he's been pretty good. Um, Damian Dotson, man, yesterday he, he scored 20 points, uh, crashed 10 boards, uh, 8 for 14, you know, so he's, he's doing a little bit of everything, he could play defense probably a little better, um, but it's, it's cool, cause, you know, for this rebuilding team, you and I know what every player on that 15 man group is doing right now, and, you know, we're, we're looking forward to see how they all develop, um, but with, you know, with Kevin Knox out for another week or so, uh, who do you think is going to step up? Who do you think should step up? You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is someone who who we've seen has stepped up. The first three games, he killed it. He scored 80-something points altogether those first three games. And I think that was one of the, you know, that was like a Knicks record um, overall. I think only two other players were able to get a mass amount of points that he, he got in the first three games of the season. So, you know, Tim Hardaway overall has been pretty good, um, pretty consistent. His shot looks great. Um, and he's been playing, you know, really hard. He's trying to really embrace that leadership role. So, you know, what do you what do you think of Tim right now, and who do you think is going to step up with Knox out? I think Tim is, like, who he is at this point. He's, like, he takes erratic shots. You know, like, I feel like there was, I think it was the Atlanta game where he was, he came out, he was just gunning, you know what I mean, pull-up jumpers, you know what I mean, like the off the mid-range, off the deep three. And then, like, Fizz called the timeout, and he just, like, tells Tim, like, yo, drive to the rim, and guess what happens? He, he keeps consistently drives to the rim, and he had, like, a great game. I think it was against Atlanta. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing with him. He's, like, hot and cold, but he is what he is at this point. He's a streaky scorer, 
and he's kind of playing out of like out of his role, so to speak. Because once KP comes back, Tim is gonna go back to being like the number two slash three option. So right now, that's like the whole thing. Like him and Cantor are gonna be like our main, like like as as Clyde would say, the the, the, the top dogs. You know what I mean? Like the big guns. The they go they go carry our offense. And like the fact that I just said that out our sentence tells you that like exactly why we're gonna be in the race for Zion. So. Um, but yeah, going off to what you were saying, like, just when Knox is out, who's gonna who's gonna step up? I think it'll continue to be Dame. I think he was slept on over the summer as one of our young pieces because he just like all around, he's like he fits the profile of like a good or what he can be is like a consistent and good three and D kind of guy. You know what I mean? Give you a like that three point jumper, make make it off the catch and shoot. Um, probably like D up the shooting guards and and small forwards and. I'm gonna call him Dame because the other Dame on Portland he got put on Rikers Island by Drew. So I mean he not Dame no more. But the, the real Dame's in New York. And if Lillard's got a problem, he come on our podcast and you know talk to me about it. But otherwise, yeah, we got the real Dame Dodson. And I think he'll 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 put up the numbers. He'll continue to just like do what he's been doing. You know, like he's plays smart. He plays within himself and he just gets buckets and. I don't know. I like Dame a lot, man. I think he's got to got to have a prominent role in the rotation when Knox gets back. Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried since you mentioned when KB comes back about Tim Hardaway. Uh, he he's scoring really well right now, but you know, um, I feel like once KB comes back, Tim is gonna be a little like lost. Like he's gonna be a little lost on what to do. He kind of he's kind of like OJ Mayo on a bad team. You know, OJ Mayo used to score like 18 points on his rookie year, um, but. You know, once once that team became good, he kind of got lost a little bit. You know, injuries pl- played a role. But, you know, we see some players like that who, you know, once a team gets good, they're kind of a little lost on what to do. And, you know, possibly that could happen to, to Tim Hardaway. I mean, I know you kind of got a, a little bit of a bias because bias you don't really fuck with Timmy like that. But just to be fair, in Atlanta, I mean, he, he had his best, most efficient offensive season in Atlanta playing as like was it like a third maybe fourth option you know what I mean so I think KP coming back like it'll just like the roles on the team will just be obviously defined and shit you know what I mean like KP gonna be number one numero uno the franchise um Canner will probably be number two and Timmy will probably be 2A you know what I mean so those two guys are gonna be like fighting to be the Robin uh, KP's Batman so I'm not really worried about that like, if you remember last year, when we kind of got off to a good, kind of good start, it was with KP and Timmy in the lineup, you know what I mean? So, it's it's obvious, like, last year I was peeping that, like, Timmy was kind of, like, feeling a type of way about KP being the top dog and getting more shots. Like, at least early on, you know, like, looking at body language and shit like that, like, he didn't really, he wasn't used to it, I guess. I, thought, I guess he thought he got paid 70 mil, he'd come in and he'd be Kobe, but not, nah, dog, like, mm-mm. Yeah, this is KP squad, and he's just like along for the ride. But um, going off that though, I know we talked about summer 2019, and like we're trying to move Lee. But low key, do you think it'll be more likely if we were to move Timmy? If we were trying to move him, wouldn't that be like you think there'll be like a team out there that would want to take a bite on Timmy's contract? Because he's still youngish, you know, kind of young. Like maybe somebody thinks they got big visions for him, and we could get him out of here. Keep Lee as a solid three and D vet support, you know, KD or he who shall not be named, you know, he out in Golden State, but we're not gonna say his full name. But yeah, what do you think? The move is to get rid of Timmy. Maybe you know if he could sustain his level of production right now, 
maybe at the end of the year he ends up averaging 18 to 19 points a game with several rebounds just being efficient maybe you know a team that's in need of scoring more points like the kings or you know a shitty team like that might <laughs> might take a bite at him you know so like exactly. teams that have nothing to lose because they're losing enough already they might take a bite at him over over courtney lee because uh, tim hardaway has that potential he he has that you know volume scoring capabilities and teams in need of scoring might want to take a bite at his contract it's not that bad of a contract right now especially given you know given his age and how you know he's been he's been pretty healthy so far so i I don't i i I think it'd be reasonable to say that we might be able to find a trading partner his contract isn't that bad right now i was exactly gonna say like verbatim like yeah a stupid ass team like the kings would probably want him you know what i mean but uh yeah, I mean, we're on the same page on that. So, yeah, I mean, if we could get, like, the Kings, you know, duped them and they're taking Timmy, because I know over the summer they had actually put in an offer for uh, Zach Levine because yeah. he was restricted. So he threw him, they threw him that contract, and then Bulls matched. So they obviously in the market for a shooting guard, so I guess. I mean, um, Bulls just signed Jabari Parker for, for, like, what, 20 mil a year after the dude had two torn ACLs? Why wouldn't someone... <laughs> Why wouldn't someone take After Tim, you know? Yeah, plus, like, this dude, fucking Jabardi, got the bag from Chicago. And the first thing he said in his press conference, he's like, you know, I'm here to score. Like, defense ain't my thing. I was like, what? Now, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you have never been that good in your NBA career to be talking like that. So, I mean, if there are teams out there trying to throw money at Jabari and, uh, like, Levine fresh off an ACL injury, then, like, you know, we got to slightly use Tim Hardaway for sale. So, I mean, come all at us. <laughs> uh, speaking of he who shall not be named, as you mentioned earlier, so I'll make a quick point. Uh, there's a picture going around right now uh, of a billboard that was placed by the Knicks, um, or I don't know if it was by the Knicks, but it was by MSG. And uh, it's kind of a subtle, not-so-subtle message to a certain team that's coming to the Garden on Friday to play the Knicks. I mean, that's the exact opposite of subtle, bro. And I'm 100% sure the Knicks have nothing to do with it because that's fucking tampering. So, like, we're not trying to lose that traffic or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I've seen it. I mean, it's cool. Like, honestly, like, I know KD had mentioned previously or before at some point that, like, when he went to a Wizards game, like, this was when he was on OKC, you know how, like, all the rumors were about the Wizards would get KD, who would go back home, quote-unquote. And all the fans were, like, cheering him and shit at the Wizards home game. Yeah. I think KD was on record saying he didn't fuck with that, that he didn't like that, like, the the home team completely ignored their home team to cheer him on, you know what I mean? So, I, I hope, I kind of, I, I mean, we could picture it, like, the people at the Garden, like, cheering KD on, trying to bring him here. And maybe, like, you know, he likes that. And same thing with the billboard. Maybe he, like, it kind of draws his attention, but... Honestly, I don't feel like I, don't, I honestly don't feel like like players are making decisions based on billboards and shit like that, you know. And like the Lakers, I know Lakers fans last year put up billboards and shit trying to lure LeBron, and then that didn't hurt them. You know what I mean? Like they got LeBron, so we'll see. It's it's pretty funny, it's pretty cool, and like great great timing, obviously. So whoever whoever paid for that, like yo, if you're trying to sponsor us, like yo, come on us, like for real, like real shit. <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, it's because KD's in town, so the Warriors are in town, so you already know what that means about tomorrow's game that costs each person at least 150 bucks to go watch. 
Uh, the Knicks are going to get their asses kicked by Steph Curry again. Yo, he went off last night. Dude scored 51 points. 11 threes. 51 points and a whole heap of disrespect towards the Wizards. I've seen a picture of him right by the Wizards bench just looking at Austin Rivers like <laughs> Doc Rivers would look at him after like a turnover. Yeah, nobody likes Austin Rivers, man. I don't even think Austin Rivers like Austin Rivers. That, that dude probably got demons for days. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get blown out, you know. Um, it's going to add to our, our, our little tankathon. So, um, yeah, but otherwise, you know, I, I'm kind of hoping, you know, that Mitch Robinson gets a little more playing time in this game because I feel like it's going to be a blowout early. So Yeah, for sure. I know you, uh, yeah, I know you felt like Bonley been killing it lately, but isn't that kind of like a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? Like, He's playing so well, Robinson can't even get in the game, you know? And I know Robinson's been injured, but after all that summer league hype, I've been trying to see him, like, throw down some alley-oops, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he, did, so cool. did you catch the one that he threw down last night against the Heat? Like, Nilakina just gave him a low a low lob. He just caught it, you know, around his stomach and just put it right back up. Into oh, a dunk. yeah, that was fire. That was fire. Yeah, he's a really athletic guy. So we're probably going to see a lot of highlights, you know, a lot of lob, a lot of alleys. And he's just going to be dunking on people. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, he had some big blocks. He kind of jumps around a little too much. But, you know, it's going to take some time. Um, he didn't play any college ball. but and he's a second-round pick. But, you know, you and I have high expectations for him. I think he's going to he's gonna do well. He just needs more more playing time, more than, like, the 12 minutes that he's been get, he's gotten so far. And, you know, once once Fizdale, you know, releases him or unlocks him, he's going to kill it, hopefully. I mean, you know, I mean, you know who else is an athletic center and taking in the second round, you know? Do you want me to tell you or do you not know? I don't know who you're talking about. DeAndre Jordan, you know what I mean? Oh, you know yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, Mitch Robinson, DeAndre Jordan 2.0. It's time, you know? DeAndre's about to be a little bit washed, so somebody got to take that torch. So. Yeah, and Mitchell Robinson like, kind of knows how to normal. shoot. He kind of knows how to shoot. He has a form. I mean, well, let's say baby steps. You know what I mean? Let, let him get on the court first. Like, tomorrow, <laughs> you got to get some quality playing time against the Warriors' fourth stringers. You know what I mean? So that's going to be some good experience. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's uh, – we are the Nick-ish podcast. So let's talk about the ish, talk about the NBA a little bit, you know. So – you catch that news about the, the the Rockets offer for Jimmy Butler? Four first round picks, yo. Four of them. What was God the last time damn. there there was another player that someone offered I think it was the Celtics. They offered like three or four first rounders. Was it for Jimmy Butler last year? I think what you think about is uh in the twenty fifteen draft. Do you remember when they tried to trade four first round for picks Winslow? to move up and get Yeah, Justice Winslow. Yeah. yeah. This motherfucker Danny Ainge is lucky as hell, but that's neither neither here nor there. He wouldn't be looking like a genius if he made that trade. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. I but, mean, uh, oh, man, I don't know. I I I understand what the Rockets are trying to do, but is it really necessary to offer four of them? And if if the Timberwolves don't pull a trigger on this, they're kind of stupid. I think. Yo, you gotta, I gotta respect the Rockets hustle a little bit. They just like, everybody's talking about, like, oh shit, the league is ruined, the Warriors are gonna run it. But, like, Rockets are like, nah, we took them to seven. You know what I mean? We had to miss, like, 30,000 three pointers in a row for them to beat us in seven games. You know what I mean? Like, if they, if they probably thinking, like, nah, we, we need to get Jimmy in here, make him our third star. You know what I mean? Like, 
I respect it. I honestly respect it. I, I, I like. I think that GM got a help. Like, you got a big ass set of balls. You know what I mean? Like, four first round picks. You know what I mean? He, he's saying fuck the future. We trying to win now, and I, I respect the hell out of it because you know Harden is is in his prime. CP3 is like 33. So why not? You know what I mean? Like, I I, I doubt the Timberwolves take it, but uh, you you doubt they're gonna take it. Well, yeah, because I feel like if, you, if a team offers you four first-round picks, you would have that sh- we would have been getting news that they accepted the offer already. You know what I mean? You don't think about four first-round picks. You know what I mean? Like, at least that's to me, because that's a goddamn, that's a lot of fucking shit for like for Jimmy. Like, and I love Jimmy. I like him as a player a lot, but goddamn. Yeah, and, and yo, you forget about our boy Melo, man. He's he's a he's a superstar too, isn't he? I mean, did I forget? <laughs> Did I forget, or did did I, you know, not mention him for a reason? Mm-hmm. As as much as that shit pains me to say. Yeah, he's just a spot up, uh, super spot up shooter now. He out there cooking the benches, you know what I mean? Like kill them other bench players and shit, beat that six man. Melo for six man of the year. You heard it here first. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? My dog gonna get that shit. Polish up that Hall of Fame resume a little bit. You know what I mean? But uh, yo, also I'm like basketball, like not even just the first round picks. Like if the let's say the Rockets, let's say they give up Eric Gordon and four first round picks, and maybe some other player. I don't, I don't know who. For Jimmy, how do you think they would like rack like to stack up against the Warriors? Well, uh, we we had an you know we have an unreleased episode when we talked about the whole mellow trade. And Trevor Ariza leaving, we thought that was gonna be a gaping hole, but Jimmy fit, uh, Jimmy Butler fits that hole right away, and um, you know makes the team that much better. And they got Melo, who will be there. I think against against the Warriors, uh, you know Boogie, Demarcus Cousins is a huge X factor here, so it's a little hard to to know what the what the maximum potential of the Warriors really is without seeing Demarcus Cousins play with them, but. Um, you know, I I wouldn't say that I'd be surprised if the Rockets, uh, you know, beat them in a seven game series, especially since they were so close last year. And CP three had to be injured, and they had to, like you said, they had to miss all those three pointers for them to lose. Um, and Jimmy Butler is a great three point shooter, and he's a great defender. And I feel like you know, under Mike D'Antoni, he'll, you know, Mike D'Antoni will take care of him a little bit more and not feed him all those minutes that Thibodeau is giving him for all these years, and. We'll have a little bit of a healthier Jimmy Butler, uh, a, a better Carmelo Anthony right now. So it's like trading off Trevor Reza and Eric Gordon for Carmelo Anthony and Jimmy Butler, and that's that. That's a hell of a you know trade off. So yeah, you take that trade ten times out of ten. So. Hell yeah. I mean, yo, they definitely gonna be like they. I definitely think right now they're the second best team in the league behind the Warriors. Maybe the Celtics got something to say about that, but no. uh, they get Jimmy hands down second best. Like, yeah, they get Jimmy hands out second best, but even still, if Boogie rounds out in the form, you know what I mean? He takes his time recovering right now. It's only October. Playoffs start in April. If he comes back, he looks even like 75% of the old Boogie. In the Warriors, I kind of like line up in that Warriors like atmosphere or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, I'll take them in five over Jimmy Butler, James Harden, and CP3 Rockets, Doug. I just, the Warriors are on our next level. 
and I'm just going to keep rooting for the Warriors because I want them to get that third ring. Let he who shall not be named get his third finals MVP. Just be like, I, I got a handful of rings. Got a nice trophy case with some finals MVP. Let me go resurrect the garden real quick. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's, we'll touch on that moving on. But uh, for now, I think the Warriors just can't be touched. It's yeah, and let's not three. forget DeMarcus Cousins isn't just a scorer. Dude, he can shoot the three pretty well. He, he showed that off last season. I had my fantasy, so I know it's for sure. Uh, and you know he he you know he he knows how to pass the ball. He gets assists, so that that'll be a really great team to just watch. And they all know how to pass, shoot, and guard. And that's no a disgustingly okay. amazing team. But no, I, I I think I think you know saying five games is kind of it's kind of disrespecting the Rockets with the hypothetical Jimmy Butler playing for them a little bit because they still got Clint Capella. Uh, who can evolve to that next level and be a very good defender and wanna shoot out, shoot around a little bit more and uh, not be afraid to you know score some more points, but I I would say maybe six. Um, I, I wouldn't say five. That's... I think you disrespecting the Warriors. Yeah. Very blunt right now. They won seventy three games two years ago. They added Kevin Durant, Demarcus Cousins, Demarcus Cousins in two consecutive summers. Um. I think you're disrespecting the Warriors. I'm believe it at that. Uh, I mean, they they almost lost to the Rockets last season with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Uh, not Kevin Durant, sorry, Chris Paul and James Harden leading the way with a bunch of role players. That's true, but they you know, their shit together and stop with Kevin Durant, Durant, all of them were healthy. Forget Demarcus Cousins, all of them were healthy, and they almost just barely made it out of there. But they're gonna have Boogie add Boogie into that. Add him like once he's just like. Add Jimmy Butler, you know, uh, a a boogie, a boogie, you know, coming out of a, a Achilles injury versus a healthy Jimmy Butler. Right, but the Warriors are literally the greatest collection of talent we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. So I think you're just being disrespectful to what they've done and what they are. Because once they get going, you're not. I don't think there's anybody on this planet, any team you could put out there that could touch that lineup. You know what I mean? And that's like no disrespect to the Rockets. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody's being disrespected, I feel like it's cute. You know, they got Jimmy Butler. They, they you know, they kind of keep up with the Warriors a little bit. But like, once the Warriors go into that death mode, that super death lineup, whatever the fuck they call it right now, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? And that's like, obviously, no disrespect to the Rockets as much as you want me to say that it is. But I think don't be disrespectful to the Warriors. Two-time reigning champs for a reason, Doug. I'm not saying the Rockets are going to win, but I'm not. I'm not going to say that they're going to beat the Rockets in five games. That's no. I I wouldn't put my money on that. Now let's have a bet. If they beat them in five, I got I get a new podcast host. Bet. All we need now is Jimmy Butler on the Rockets, and we, you know, Demarcus Cousins to come back, and you know, we we got this going. They need to make, you know, they need to both make to the the, the playoffs. But yeah, let's make this bet. Nothing. Easy. Let's get it done. <laughs> but, uh, anything, anything else going on? Yeah, yo, Chris uh, Paul and Rajon Rondo. That was... We're only one week into the NBA, and we already see three players get suspended. But, yo, tell me not. Were the, did, don't you feel like the suspensions were very light? Only two games, three games, and four games while there were punches being thrown? Like, if I know that I'm going to get suspended for, you know, two, three games for throwing a punch, that's not really... That wouldn't really scare me as an NBA player. That's just Adam Silver being the cool dad. He's like, nah, man, they just they just roughhousing. 
some tomfoolery, some light shenanigans. It's all good. Give him a, one week off each. That's about it. You know what I mean? I fuck with Adam Silver. He didn't bring the hammer down, but he could. You know what I mean? Like if this was David Stern, commissioner, he probably would have had them suspended a month each. Like 10 games each or some shit. You know what I mean? But let, let's rewind a little bit. Look, did you... I mean, obviously, you know on Twitter, but there was a whole fucking investigation going on on whether Rondo... Like, there was, there was dudes out there that was just, like, slowing out video to see if he actually did spit on Chris Paul. And I saw people trying to frame my man Melo. Yeah. And it was him that spit on Chris Paul. And, like, Chris Paul didn't notice. And I'm just saying, like, yo, people really got some vendetta against Melo, man. Like, it's kind of it's kind of sad at this point because the Rockets actually sent video to the league that shows spit coming out of Rondo's mouth. So, like, take that. You know what I mean? Melo's innocent. I came here to say that. If, if you take away one thing from this podcast is that Melo's innocent. So, yeah, that's my takeaway. <laughs> Man, yeah. Yo, props to Brandon Ingram, though. For going in, just, who did he punch? I just saw him punch, but I don't know who he punched. Yeah, he came out, he came in swinging at Chris Paul. He was like, that dude was in half court. He was like, oh, nah, y'all scrapping? And he just, like, <laughs> sprinted right back. Too real. <laughs> <laughs> Much respect. I'm saying he earned the respect of the whole locker room. You know what I mean? Like scrappy little little skinny dude, man. Why did Chris Paul go for the eye? That was whatever. Whatever. That you know that happened. It, we're only we're only one week into the NBA, but you know this is what we're talking about, man. Like this is this is the NBA. This is you know storylines, high scoring points. Uh, you know this and that. And I've noticed there are a lot of teams scoring over 120 points. You notice that? Yeah, man. It's that whole, like, I feel like offensive basketball is just, like, popping off just because of, like, the three-point, like, revolution. You know what I mean? Position is basketball, all that, you know? So, scoring yeah. Even with the new regulation where they dropped it from 24 seconds to 14 seconds after you get, a, you know, an offensive board, even despite that, you know, teams are scoring a lot more points now, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool, sort of. I low key feel like that actually kind of helps because it's like teams are putting up the like once they get a rebound they're putting it back up quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's more shots, some more points. So I see what Adam Silver's doing. Low key, he's like, yeah, people like points. Who knew? You know what I mean? Like, what a revolutionary idea. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, like it's been a kind of crazy first week at NBA. I'm pretty sure we missed on a little bit of things, but that's why we the Nick-ish podcast. We're not going to cover the whole NBA. That's but, right. Uh, We're not experts either. We are just two guys casually talking about basketball. And our yeah, beloved Knicks. I mean, we're not experts, but we're going to come close. And we're just warming up. That's right, man. So, you know, next time people hear the next episode episode number four we will hopefully be on apple podcast but in the meantime hear us on spotify hear us on soundcloud follow us follow us on instagram it's nick underscore ish uh and yeah man anything else you want to add to this um no i think you pretty much covered it just uh listen subscribe tell your friends tell your friends friends tell your parents I mean, they probably don't even know what a podcast is, but uh, if they need a tutorial, tell them to call into the podcast. You know? like, we're welcome to guests, and as always, dollars are always welcome. All right. Until next time, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.